0: Greetings, my excellent friends. Bill. What? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Welcome on into Wild Stallions, of course. This is a podcast that melds both pop culture and football. And Sean... We actually have Bill and Ted news to talk about today.
1: We have some serious Bill and Ted news, but we're going to get to that later in the podcast.
0: Yeah, so I'm Jay Catch, He's Sean Walker, my fearless co-host on this podcast. We'll get to that here in a minute. But this is a podcast, of course, dedicated to covering the Alliance of American Football and more specifically, the Salt Lake Stallions here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on this latest edition of the show. Sean, how are you, my friend?
1: a uh, little jet lagged, a little tired, not nearly as jet lagged and tired as uh, your beloved Salt Lake Stallions, but I am here, I am ready. We are we are live right after practice. Um, can we call it live? We're we're recording live,
0: yeah. I guess. We're, we're, rec- we're recording recording
1: live right after practice uh, from the uh, Stallions official training facility here in Harriman, Utah. And uh, I'm I'm feeling good about this weekend, Jake. I okay. gotta say, I'm feeling really good. You know, like I mentioned, I've I've been traveling a little bit lately, uh, putting and a, that, putting and some miles. And on that my would leg. explain
0: our lack of consistent podcasts. Let's get that out of the way right now. Yeah,
1: it's all my fault. No, it's not. It's, my fault. it's
0: partly my fault too. We both are bi- crazy busy radio and. In- or what? Online journalism is that what we call your, your well, gig? W-
1: whatever it is. Whatever <laughs> it is, I don't know what. But yeah, is
0: it has been it has been a crazy few weeks. But this is gonna be a fun weekend coming up.
1: Yeah, and and most particularly, it'll be a fun weekend because the Stallions are in the playoffs.
0: What playoffs? I mean, the run for they
1: are they are in the playoffs right now. I mean, let's be, let's be honest, Jake. Right now, we're we're covering a team, the Salt Lake Stallions, in the Alliance of American Football. Um, that is, uh, that is two and five on the year. Yep. Last place in the Western division. Yep. Uh, last place in basically every metric in said division. And maybe we'll get, we'll get into some of that. And this team for all intents and purposes has started the playoffs right now because this team now needs to win out. They need to go five and five and hope and pray that they get a little bit of help in the division to try to sneak one of those two spots out of the West to get to the Alliance of America football championship. So, whether or not yes. that's doable, yes. Okay. Whether or not that's doable, maybe we can mention that later. But for all intents and purposes, this team needs to have a playoff mentality right now.
0: It is true, yeah. If you want to have any hope of keeping your season alive beyond three weeks from now, you absolutely do have to win. And that means your next three games, of course, the home game this Saturday against the San Diego Fleet at Rice-Eccles Stadium, 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Game is scheduled to be televised on NFL Network. You follow that up with a road trip all the way across the country to Hotlanta to face the Atlanta Legends. And then you close out the season at home against the Red Hot San Antonio Commanders. So... You're right, Sean. If the team wants any hope of making the playoffs, you've got to win your games, and you've got to hope the other teams start dropping.
1: Yeah, and what better week to start than this week at Rice-Eccles Stadium, NFL Network game against a San Diego Fleet team that I've talked with several players this week, Jake, and they are still hurting from well, what went down <laughs> in San Diego a couple of weeks ago. It still stings to think about. Uh, I talked to Kenny Bell at practice just the other day, and and asked him about it, and and he he visibly bristled. He was like, "Oh yeah, that hurt, and that still hurts." As uh, it so, should have. So these guys these guys want some revenge against the fleet because they feel like they played terrible. They turned the ball over five times, uh, and yet somehow they still had a chance to win at the death. Josh Woodrum leads this what looked like a perfect, perfectly executed game-winning touchdown drive mm-hmm. uh, in the final two minutes, two-minute drill. Uh, and then they come up just short because the defense gives up just a few too many yards and San Diego's able to kick a last-second field goal from 44 yards out at the, at the death um, that uh, it maybe in a lot of ways kind of sent the Stallions into a little bit of a spiral, a little bit of an emotional spiral. So this is a game, I think, uh-huh. this Saturday that the Stallions desperately want to win, not just for their playoff hopes, not just as another win, you want to win every game, but this game, this opponent in particular.
0: Absolutely. And I get that pro sports are a little different than college or high school where revenge games don't necessarily exist, but this is absolutely a revenge game, Sean, because I watched that San Diego contest. I saw the Stallions take the lead and I tweeted, this is a season changing win because I assumed they were just, it was a matter of semantics. They were going to see it out. And yet in the defense, which has been stellar by all accounts all year long for the Stallions gave up, like you said, just a few too many yards allowed that game winning kick. And you're right. I really do think that loss above all other Others the Stallions have suffered this year among the five. That's got to be the toughest to stomach for this team. So there is a lot of motivation going into this week, and I'm expecting this team is going to have a little extra juice, I think, Saturday when they face off.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, juice, motivation, revenge game, whatever you want to call it, this game matters. This game is mm-hmm. a massive, massive game. I would dare say the most important game on the schedule. Um, I mean, well ha- it, it, gonna tell you that every week from here on yeah, out. Yeah, but it, has to, the, the it has to be the most it has to
0: be the most important. Simply due to the fact of what you said, Sean, if this team wants any hope of their season continuing in the playoffs, you do have to win out from here on out. And you do need help and whatnot. They're not mathematically eliminated from playoff contention yet. But yes, it is They could get there though. It's an up it's an uphill climb, but you gotta do you gotta do your part and win the games that are placed in front of you. So this is gonna be an interesting setup because I thought last time the Stands heading to San Diego, I thought they had a good chance to win. Like you said, they turned the ball over five times. It looked ugly. It looked like they were gonna lose. They put on a massive rally to get back into the game. They take the lead and they have their hearts ripped out with that last second kick. So this is this is an interesting setup. But I think that Salt Lake is set up. Like in terms of just like the matchups and whatnot, I feel like Salt Lake matches up very well against San Diego, so I'm expecting another good performance from Salt Lake in this game.
1: Yeah, 100%. If you need a must-win game, especially against a team in the from the Western Conference, I think San Diego is the right team mm-hmm. to have at home. I mean, I mentioned before this team was so close to winning in San Diego, so so close, uh, and this is a, this isn't a team that's necessarily coming in sky high with a, with boatloads of confidence. No pun intended. Maybe a little bit, Uh, (laughs) but but this—I mean, this is this is kind of the must-win game that you want because we're talking about a team that's only three and four. That's only they're only one game ahead of the Stallions Mm -hmm. in the division, and this can be kind of that launching point to to try to move up and climb the rankings as quick as possible.
0: Yeah, that's what you got to hope for. So we'll see what happens there. Sean, uh, before we take a break here, and I we can tease this coming up, we had a chance to speak with Marvin Lewis, of course, the longtime head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. He has been on the call for games out for the Alliance all year long on the NFL Network. And we had a chance to talk with him after practice today. He was in town to take in the Salt Lake Stallions practice. We spoke with him. We'll get to that here in the second segment. But before we do that, Sean, wanted to talk a little bit about the other games going on in the Alliance this yes, weekend. Let's do um, Where do you want to start?
1: Uh, Well, we talk about how the Stallions need to win out to have any chance in the playoffs. Let's talk about a team that can lose out and still be in the playoffs, shall we? Down about Orlando. It's the Orlando Apollos taking on the Memphis Express. Here's Mm -hmm. a game that I don't think on paper should be very competitive. The Apollos have been the class of the league, the Express have Johnny Manziel, <laughs> uh, who may or good, may not good, play.
0: Good good way to couch it. Absolutely, yeah, he may or may not play. We saw him play for the first time last week, but it was in limited
1: yeah, fashion. Yeah, limited fashion. He did he did not start. Memphis, uh, Memphis coach Mike Singletary is not committing to him mm-hmm. necessarily full-time going forward. So Johnny Football may or may not be in the rotation with the Express. We shall see. But if there's time for a drop game, if there's time for a gimme game, um... This might be it for the Apollos, who are the only team in the league to have already clinched passage into the postseason. And this Express team is kind of like Salt Lake, so desperate for a win. Could could we be seeing a letdown game? Could we see maybe a little little uh, look ahead sandwich? Maybe. Oh,
0: look ahead sandwich. A uh, nice pull. No, I, <laughs> Sean, I, I would okay. I would like to think that I guess um, in my in my heart of hearts, but seeing what I've seen from Orlando this year, I don't see them. Backing down anytime soon.
1: Best team in the league. Yeah, they and they. I don't think that's a hot take. Is that a hot take? No, it's not, it's not a hot take. Right? No,
0: no, it's not. <laughs> they've they've just played so well all year long that it has just been truly impressive to see what happens. See, see. Okay, not see what happens, but to yeah, to see what happens with this team each week because they're just consistent. They play well. Of course, they're headlined by their offense, but their defense has just been almost as good as their offense has been on the opposite side.
1: Yeah, I mean, Garrett Gilbert there on one side of the ball and a defense that also quietly has ranked among the top teams in the league, for sure. Um, this game, from a broadcasting perspective, I think is a lot of fun because it was one of those games that uh, Turner has flexed out. Yep, TNT. TNT game. Mm-hmm. This Saturday.
0: Saturday at noon Mountain, two, Mountain Time. New yep, noon
1: Mountain Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, March 30th, in the Liberty Bowl. Um like, like I mentioned, I'm I'm quietly and cautiously excited for this game because I think there could be a chance for an upset. I think there will definitely be a chance for some fireworks, especially if Johnny Football gets on that field. Um, and it's another national television showcase for the Apollos and the Express.
0: Absolutely. So we'll see what happens with that. Sean, let's talk about the Sunday matchups here. I guess we'll just go in order here. We'll start off with Atlanta at Birmingham. We thought we thought Atlanta had found something, and then they just decided to plummet right back down to earth. So I'm expecting that Birmingham controls this, and it's been pretty clear all year long, Sean, that I feel like Orlando and Birmingham are the class of the Eastern Conference in the alliance, but this is an opportunity for Birmingham to make another statement against one of their Eastern Conference um, uh, foes, I guess the easiest way to say it.
1: Yeah, class of the Eastern Conference for sure, but this is also a Birmingham team, uh, an iron squad that is going to come in with maybe a little bit of a chip on its shoulder. Okay, a lot of bit of a chip on its shoulder um, <laughs> after just a weird, weird, weird loss a week ago to the aforementioned Memphis Express. Mm-hmm. Um, th- these guys are going to be hungry. They're going to be motivated. I think they definitely learned something from last week, and I think you're going to see a little bit of what, what they learned probably in the first half of this one.
0: Yeah, probably. And then we finish it out, Sean, with Arizona at San Antonio. This is the game. You said you're low-key excited to see Orlando-Memphis. I'm very excited to see Arizona yeah, versus there's no San Antonio. Key, no, this is, the there's heavy, no low key. this is the heavyweight bout of the weekend. Two, the two top teams in the Western Conference it is on the home turf of San Antonio, where Salt Lake played last week. Uh, setting a record last week, by the way, hats off to San Antonio Commanders fans, 30,300 and change. In the Alamo Dome? In the dome. Alamo Dome, yep. Hats off to you guys. So I'm expecting another big crowd on fr- on Sunday evening.
1: Yeah, we, we mentioned how Orlando's kind of the best team in the league. I think mm-hmm. San Antonio so far has been the best market in the league. Yep. The turnout and the support of that team um, is second to none. Obviously, we're biased. We hope that someday our, our Salt, the Salt Lake fans can kind of embrace the Stallions mm-hmm. in much the similar way the Commanders fans have as well. But these San Antonio fans have been hungry for pro football. They've shown out for pro football. Um, and they... They very much, I think, deserve a little bit of a tip of the cap to what they've been able to do there. And they're being rewarded this week with the unofficial official, slightly less than official Western Division Championship game here, I think, because I think the winner of this game is in the driver's seat for that division title for that that one seat out of the West in the playoffs. I mean, it's a one seat, but it's a 14 playoff, so whatever. You get home field
0: Um, advantage in the semifinal. Yeah,
1: sure, I guess, but (laughs) I I think this is kind of the unofficial Western Division Championship game.
0: No, I would agree with you, and it's an opportunity for Arizona to show, hey, that mid-season lull we had was more of an aberration rather than us actually as the reflection of them as a team, but San Antonio's been just crazy consistent. So, I'm gonna pick San Antonio at home in this game. I really like what they have done. Salt Lake shut them down on offense, but Salt Lake, in my opinion, has got one of the best defenses in the league. I don't think Arizona is near as stout on the defensive side.
1: Yeah, um, I, I like I like San Antonio in this one overall. Uh, give me give me give me the line on this though. You know what? Actually, <laughs> don't give me the line on this because whatever the over under in this game is. Take the over. There are going to be a lot of points, a lot of offense, um, maybe in some ways not a lot of defense. But I think San Antonio has just enough more of a defense in Arizona to pull pull this one away.
0: All right, Sean, uh, real quick before we take a break. uh, Well, actually, no, let's do it on the other side. We need to talk a little bit about what Tom Dundon had to say this week about the Alliance. I think it's worth having a a discussion about. We'll also get to the Marvin Lewis interview. Good to catch up with him, get his thoughts on the Alliance as a whole. It's kind of cool to see him on the broadcasting side of things. He's been in coaching for a long, long time. More in a moment. This is the Wild Stallions podcast, where, of course, strange things are afoot in the Alliance. Welcome back to Wild Stands. We're going to talk about some Bill and Ted news in the next segment. But this segment, Sean, we got two things we need to get to. First things first, is this League in Peril?
1: Dun-dun-dun. Ah,
0: I see what you did there. That's funny-funny. I wish I had a laugh track on this thing. I'm sure there is one somewhere, but... Sean, of course, with that dun-dun-dun, is referring to some comments made by Alliance of American Football majority owner Tom Dunden. Of course, he owns the Carolina Hurricanes in the NHL, saying to USA Today Sports earlier this week that all options are on the table and this league, the Alliance of American Football, could cease operations as soon as this week. What do you make of all this?
1: yeah the exact quote uh i think that really caught my eye with regards to this report nice little exclusive report by kevin allen and mike jones of usa today by the way Mm -hmm. with the lead chairman of the alliance of american football uh but the exact quote that caught my eye i think the one that led their story um and if you haven't looked this up online usatoday.com or you should be subscribing because usa today is awesome yes i know that's an unpopular opinion in today's climate but i really like their work um but uh, Dundon tells, tells uh, the paper, quote, if the players union is not going to give us young players, we can't be a developmental league.
0: And he's referring to the National Football League Players Association, yes. so the NFLPA.
1: Yeah. And then he goes on to say, we are looking at all of our options, one of which is discontinuing the league. hmm Um. But I really like that first part, that first class. If the players' union, if the NFLPA, is not going to give us young players, we mm-hmm. can't be a developmental league. So he wants to turn the Alliance of American Football into a developmental league.
0: Well, that's been the that's l-
1: obviously been the top yeah the goal the, whole for time for yeah. the first season of the league. Um, but then he throws this little bit of a curveball where where he says that this league could discontinue possibly as early as this weekend if they don't get those younger developmental players from the NFL. Um, so Jake, I know this made a lot of headlines, caught a lot of people by surprise. Um, it it certainly made the rounds in your day job profession on sports talk radio. It made the rounds in my day job profession on uh, local and national TV news. I think uh, PTI part the interruption had a segment on it on ESPN. We
0: did it here in Salt Lake on the show I ho- I co I not co-host I produce. Sorry, I'm I'm a co-host of this show, but the show I produce on local airwaves we talked about it.
1: Yeah, but but. Honestly, I don't think these comments are as big of a deal as a lot of people want to make them out
0: to it's be. It's a flex.
1: It's a negotiation.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a negotiation tactic. This is Dundon putting the NFLPA and the NFL by extension on notice saying, hey, we want your third-string quarterbacks, we want your practice squad guys, we want them in this league, we want to develop them for you. Send them down.
1: Yeah, and there and there are obviously very tight and very strict negotiations going on between uh, Dundon as the chair of the alliance and the NFLPA. The NFLPA is is probably rightfully so concerned about you know sending players onto this new developmental league to mm-hmm. try to try to progress and get better and and develop. As the name of developmental league suggests, um, there's also but, but then they the Yeah, but then they're worried about them getting injured. Yep, especially playing for a team that's not the team that's actually paying their salary that mm-hmm. that's, that's you know contracted to pay them. Um, what do you do about that? And and football is a very injury-prone sport, so that's a very legitimate concern they have. Um, but because of that, I think you're seeing Dundon go to the media a little bit to try to open up these negotiations, some more saying, well, we don't know if we can survive without them. Just a couple of weeks ago, Tom Dundon bought out this league, put in millions and millions of dollars. I can't remember the exact number right now, but he put in
0: 250 a million,
1: 250 million. Thank you. You're the real journalist Qu- quarter here.
0: Quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah.
1: Two, he put $250 million into this league. And it's as recently as six weeks ago was saying that this should pay out the league for at least three to four years.
0: And also consider the timing of this. What's going on in Arizona this week?
1: Uh, The owners' meetings.
0: Annual NFL owners' meetings. meetings. Legitimately, everybody who knows anybody does anything with the NFL. We're talking media, owners, coaches, Whatever you do with the NFL, you're at the Biltmore down there in Arizona mm-hmm. talking. Consider, the, yeah, hanging out in the cabana. Consider the circumstances where these comments were made. This is an absolute big flex by Dunden. We'll see if it pays off. I think he's just trying to put the pressure on the NFLPA and the NFL to negotiate something to uh, amend their CBA to allow these players, these practice squad players, to come down and play in the spring, and some even like the third third string quarterbacks, that type of stuff, come down and play in the spring and develop in the alliance.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think we're, I think we're on the same page right here. Um, and I think another reason why we're on the same page is because we just got done talking with NFL Network analyst, former Cincinnati Bengals et al. coach in the NFL, uh, Marvin Lewis, mm-hmm. here at Salt Lake Stallions practice, who, quite frankly, Jake, he sounds very high and very bullish on the future prospects of this league. And he thinks that there's, there's a long history
0: Absolutely. of the
1: alliance of American
0: football. Yeah, let's get to his comments. We had a chance to speak with him. You'll hear Sean and I's voice in this interview. It was good to talk to him. And you'll actually hear something interesting. He's got connections to the state of Utah some people may not know about. He so, does. So here you go. Marvin Lewis, I guess officially broadcaster for the Alliance of American Football. This is going to be week eight of the Alliance this week. What have been your impressions of the league overall to this point? Well, I think it's been
2: interesting that the, the teams have kind of taken shape based on their their head coaches and uh, uh, some like the regions and so forth And, and the players are like, everybody's rounding in the shape. Unfortunately, the Stallions have been so snake bit to lose these five games the way they've lost them. You know, they haven't reaped as well as they've played, I guess, basically. But, uh, you know, with Coach Spurrier's team in, in Florida and Orlando with their offense, you know, the Birmingham team's with defense, and Coach Riley is such a great, just boom, boom, fun, and, and, and they're doing, you know what I mean? So it's interesting to watch how they're all doing what they do, I guess, basically. And, uh, and then see the players, to see the quarterbacks improve, uh, you know. The, the hardest thing about football at any level is the continuity of the offensive lines. And so the teams that have had been healthy on the offensive lines, they're able to play better. Mm-hmm. You know, Orlando's playing the best because they've been the healthiest, you know, on offense. And so it, it's been, you know, after going into week eight, you can see that.
1: You mentioned how the teams are kind of taking on sort of the persona in a lot of ways of their coaches. Um... And and you're seeing a lot of that with, with how many close and competitive games there are across mm-hmm. the league. Which, from a maybe a fan perspective or a coaching perspective, is a little too much. You you know how coaches feel about close games, but well, from, from you an outside be... perspective, I mean that's that's got to be really from the good, outside. Right? It's
2: great. If you don't want to be the guy on the sideline grinding every game out, but uh, and that's what I see from the tension in their faces. And that, you know that you can see the tension in their face. You see the the tension in Dennis's face. I mean I you know was. Uh, you know an assistant coach at Idaho State when Dennis was the head coach at Idaho you know back in you know 83 84 so way back yeah (laughs) so I mean you know Uh, you, you see you know I've you know watched and you know known him for so long and you can see just the tension in their faces and yeah but these games are competitive and and they're coming down to final drives and last plays and winning field goals and and that's what you want and and the other thing I think has been really cool is is they're given that they're all for these these players they are literally trying to pull what these players have in them and pull it out you know out of them for hopefully an opportunity to further their at least opportunities for a, a, a chance in the national football league
1: there obviously aren't a whole lot of excuses to get out to utah in the nfl so now that you're covering a, a team in salt lake with the aaf well, what are kind of some of your your early impressions of our great state here? Well, in
2: Utah? I, I, my in laws live here. I went to school at Idaho State, so that's fair, I guess. Yeah, so I've <laughs> maybe you know, it's just been a little while. Spend a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of weeks or a week uh, a yeah, winter. It seems like always up in. Uh, uh the canyons, so okay. uh so yeah i'm very familiar uh so with here and you know canyons and park city and so forth so my knees don't work the way they used to <laughs> a so i speed, don't get maybe. to yeah do that as much anymore but they've got great restaurants up there mm-hmm. as well so but no i, I love salt lake I always have and you know i went to school just two and a half sure. hours up the road and uh uh, so it's always been a, a great place to come visit and, uh, and see fa- my family. My brother-in-laws live here and
0: my, my, my uh, in-laws so still live here. There you go, Marvin Lewis. His in-laws live in the Salt Lake Valley. How interesting is that?
1: I, I'll, I'll be totally honest. I'll, I'll admit to my ignorance because it happens you know, daily. Um, I'm
0: not gonna lie. I actually did know this. I Don't ask me why, because actually, it's a very long and convoluted story. But I did know his in-laws lived in the state.
1: I had no idea. I had no idea. I knew that Marvin Lewis played at Idaho State. Mm-hmm. I figured it had been years and years and years since he had really seriously been to Pocatello. <laughs> um, and, nope. and just because, I mean, just because you go to Pocatello, Idaho, doesn't necessarily mean that you do more than like fly into Salt Lake International Airport. I didn't think too much of it. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, his in-laws live in the state of Utah. He gets out here regularly. He said he, you heard him say there, he doesn't ski nearly as much as he used to, but he's very familiar with the state, um, and he sounds very high on the prospects of Utah hosting a professional football franchise in the Alliance.
0: Yeah, I think he, I think he understands this market. If he's got a family out here via marriage. He absolutely would get what's going on with this. So I think he's bullish on the sport and it was good to catch up with him. We thank him for taking the time. It was very kind of him to take some time. Cause I know some guys, they come into town, of course, they're getting ready for a game. They're talking to coaches and players, but he was more than willing to speak with the media and that was awesome. All right, Sean, well, we will take a time out here. We'll come back on the other side and we've promised it throughout today's podcast, but we are Equal Parts, Alliance of American Football and Salt Lake Stallions coverage, but we also are a tribute podcast to the one, the only, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Some good news for Bill and Ted's fans that's coming up next, right here on the Wild Stallions Podcast. Sean. When you and I brainstormed the start of this podcast, uh, we came up with the idea of Wild Stallions. We named it as such because we both are huge fans of the cult classic Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Of course, there is...
1: old classic?
0: Okay, fine. Classic Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It's probably Adventure. a cult
1: classic. It only made $30 million at the box office.
0: It's probably made three times that in, in the if not more than that in the in its just existence. Well,
1: and if you don't know what we're talking about, go look it up on Amazon Prime Video. It is available.
0: It is available. Check it out. It's worth seeing at least 15 times in my mind. Um by the way, my wife still refuses to watch it, so we'll get her hooked on it.
1: We're going to have to fix that.
0: Yeah, we do. But Sean, we got some great news recently. I saw a tweet come out and this is probably about a week week or so ago and I see Keanu Reeves and I, and I see Alex Winters, and I'm like, what in the world? And all of a sudden, I start listening to it. I got really excited. Do you want to break this down, or should we play the, should we roll tape on what's going on?
1: Uh, let's play it real quick.
0: Okay, so here you go, roll tape. This is what we heard on, heard slash saw on Twitter. Hi, I'm Alex Winter, and I'm Keanu Reeves. And together, we are Wild, Wild Stallions. Stallions. And we are here at the Hollywood Bowl. We want to say thank you to you, the fans. We do. Because it looks like we might actually hopefully, make a movie this summer. Bill and Ted 3. Face the music. Yes. And it is all because of you guys. And so we owe you a huge debt of gratitude. We wanted to say thank you. Thank you. And be excellent. Be excellent. Slow clap. I like
1: it. Jake, it's happening. It is. To quote to quote our uh, one-time, almost-former presidential candidate, Ron Paul, it's happening. It is happening. It's happening. Bill and Ted 3. You heard it from, from the mouths of Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan themselves. Bill and Ted 3 is a go.
0: They're filming a movie this summer.
1: I could not be more excited, so Jake. It's coming out
0: in 2020. It's going to be Bill and Ted's Bill and Ted uh, face the music. I think is what the working title is what they said on that. So, absolutely fascinating, Sean. I wonder what the angle is going to be with this movie because it has been a long time since, of course, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and then the, their follow up, the sequel that they came out with. It'll be interesting to see two fifty something Bill and Ted <laughs> acting. I'm very excited for it, but it's going to be just a whole different dynamic.
1: I've heard a lot of rumors. Um, I've I've tried to verify some of these rumors. Some of them are unverifiable. But one thing that has come to light um, that we can officially report on this, the one and only Bill and Ted tribute pod that also talks about American football, um, (laughs) is uh, is, uh, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters won't be the only ones reprising their roles from the original series. That's true. William Sadler has yeah. also already signed on to reprise his role. Those of you who saw the oft-refuted Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey mm-hmm. played Death. Yep. So Death is back. Sweet. William Sadler is back. Um, he will have some kind of a role in uh, Bill and Ted face the music, which I'm also going to assume probably involves their children that we saw at the end of Bogus Journey. Spoiler alert. You would hope spoiler so. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler that alert. We I, that is a spoiler Journey. alert, absolutely. <laughs> You hope so. It's with, been like 25 years. Are there going to be years, so
0: grandkids f- involved in this one? Maybe. Are we Are talking about Grandpa Bill and Grandpa Ted. Maybe. Oh, my goodness.
1: Is Keanu Reeves old enough to be a grandfather.
0: Sure, yeah. Why not?
1: Yeah. I mean, when you're dealing with time travel, you're well, and always he, old enough, well, and right?
0: he, he But he also just, um, I don't know if you saw, he was on a flight from San Francisco to... L.A. got diverted to Bakersfield, and he actually helped organize a bus to help everybody on that flight get to L.A. And he rode the bus with them. That dude is a man of the people. Even though he's a movie star, he is a man of the people. So I'm very excited for this movie. I will be paying to see it in the box office multiple times.
1: I, I might be signing up for Movie Pass again just to see this movie <laughs> over and over and over again. So get ready, Movie Pass.
0: All right. It should be a blast. All right, Sean, any final thoughts for me before we close this thing out?
1: As always, strange things are afoot in the Alliance of American Football. We can now officially say again, strange things are continuously going to be afoot at the Circle K. Absolutely. Um, more time travel hijinks next week in the AAF when we'll find out if the Salt Lake Stallions have or have not been eliminated from playoff contentions. Mm-hmm. Who knows what we learn about Bill and Ted uh, face the music. Mm-hmm. Um, but as always, Jake Theodore Logan Thank you so much for inviting me back onto this lovely podcast that we do about all things pop culture and American football.
0: For Sean, I'm Jake. Have a great week. Be excellent to each other. And
2: party on, dudes!